That's what we came to do, to give him praise. And thank him again for everything. Because if it wasn't for him, where would we be? Now, this is the best time of the service. To show God how you appreciate him. To thank him for what he has done for us. Because he has done a lot for us. Back then, you couldn't even go in and pray for us. You had to do it secretly. But my God has opened it widely now where you can come and just praise him as you please. So why not go deep into your purse, your wallet, and your pocket and show God how much you love him for doing that for us. Let's just give him a praise, a hand praise. Thank you, God. Because there's nobody on earth will do you like God. And you show can I be him giving. So we're going to thank him for everything. Everything. Because we can't do nothing by ourselves. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for everything. Lord God, this is the time that we come to show you that we love you, we honor you, and we adore you, Lord. So we're going to reach deep and bless you because we can't outgive you. Lord God, thank you. We can't thank you enough. You have done so much for us. And we just want to show you our appreciation. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the hands of the earth.
want to say thank you to all of you for being here. What a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. We especially want to welcome those of you that are live streaming. All of our friends from Africa, we thank you for joining us. We are grateful. Those of you that are listening on radio and watching on television, we say thank you to every one of you. It's a blessing to be a part of what God is doing. Please permit me to quickly bring all of you up to date as to our effort to build a place for our young people. Amen. And after that, we're going to have some meet and greet. All of us will be able to go around and shake hands. And then after that, I want to honor my family friend here, Bishop McKinney and, and his lovely wife. If they will come and share anything with us, whatever the Lord put in your heart, there's freedom in this place. So glad to. And this is a, it's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, please, by way of update, here's what's going on. We, we are trying to build a youth complex. We already have the land. We already draw up the papers. We spent over $100,000. Uh, drawing up the blueprint. And where we are right now, we've told you it's going to cost $4 million. Uh, what we're trying to do is to get a place for young people to hang out and take them off the street. The challenge we have in this community there's not enough activities for young people to do. So we want a place where they can have fun, where they can educate their mind, and of course, uh, snacks and refreshment and all that. So basically, that's what's in the building. It's just like Dave and Buster for Chuck E. Cheese, Come there and they play all day and have fun. And of course, we want to make sure that we keep them out of jail. Our jail population is becoming younger and younger by the day. So everybody know what the vision is. All right? The cost is $4 million, right? And then we mentioned to you, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, in terms of financing, the bank want us to have 10% uh, down. You've got to have skin in the game. And 10% of $4 million is 400000 So that's our part. I've also reported to you that as of today, we have raised $275,000. How did that happen? You guys, amen. It's all right to clap. 
Amen. That's not government money. That's you and me. Uh, brothers and sisters giving unto the Lord. So that means we are short of 145,000. 125? I'm sorry. See, that's why you're here. Amen. 125,000. All right? So the bad news is that if we continue to raise money like this, uh, it will not be until next year before we can start construction. Another bad news is that right now they said the cost of construction has pushed the cost factor to $5 million because of inflation and economy and whatever. So I have to put on my thinking cap. That's what leaders do. Pastors, they're not just preachers. They're businessmen. They're, they're leaders. So you got to do these things. So mm -hmm. what we decided to do, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is that I told them, point one, that we're not going to spend no more than $4 million, period. So whatever they're going to build must stay within our budget. That's what leaders do. The second thing I told them is that we will have to go ahead and begin construction this year because if we wait, the price continues to go up. All minds clear? Now, then the next thing we did was to approach the bank and, and let them know we don't have 10%. We do have 275000 And I told the bank, if they don't take it, I'll go out of state and find somebody. Because I'm a businessman, I know I can find somebody. So, and they don't want the money to leave this neighborhood. So guess what they did? They, yes, indeed. So now they are ready to proceed. So another thing that we have to advantage that we point out to the bank is the fact that we owe on our balance 1.8 million. So that's how much this church owes as of today. That's the, the not so good news. The good news is that we have a collateral, our properties, our facility of about 10 million. Yes, we are the richest minority church in this side of Jordan, period. No, no. So, amen. Thank God for that. You, you can celebrate that because the Lord used you to do it. So what we have done is to help the bank to understand that we have plenty of collateral. So if they give us a loan of four million and you have about $10 million collateral, the bank is covered, they have nothing to lose. They finally see the picture. And so as far as the bank is concerned, they are willing to proceed with us. So thank God for all the equities that we have, all the collaterals. So we're in good shape. 
Amen. So, now another thing we plan to do is to make sure that we, we take advantage of our 100-year anniversary coming up. This church has been in existence for 100 years. So we want to celebrate that, but we also want to use the opportunity to raise money. So even though the bank is not requiring it, but there's nothing wrong for us to raise plenty of money and put it towards the building, 100%. So what we did, we contacted the Chamber of Commerce, Deborah Randolph, who is president here, is a friend of mine, and I basically approached her to find out how do the Chamber of Commerce raise their money. And they told us, basically, they sell tables. Some of their tables, $3,000, some $2,000, some $1,000. So basically, we learn from that. So to raise money, we're going to do two events for our 100-year anniversary. Number one, uh, on Saturday, September 16th, we will have a banquet. Number two, on Sunday, September 17th, next day, we will have church worship service. So our goal for that banquet is to raise $100,000. All right? And how are we going to do it? Uh, three ways. Number one, we're going to sell tables. We have a planning committee in this church led by uh, Miss Leisha Harris. So they've been meeting and doing a lot of legwork. So we have, just like the chamber, we're going to have a, a gold table, a golden table, $1,000. Silver, $750. And then bronze, uh, $500. And then individual ticket, $75. All minds clear? In addition to that, we have gotten a list of all businesses in central Louisiana from the Chamber of Commerce. And we're going to, we've been investing in this community for decades. We've never asked them for one dime. In fact, our television program, our radio program, we never asked anybody to give us a dime. So this time, we're going to give them opportunity to sow into this church. Amen. And the members of Chamber, they are excited about it. They, they want to give. In fact, uh, one of my friends, Senator Gerald Jerry Long, out of Nacadis, he has pledged to buy one table. By the way, he's not campaigning. He's a retired senator. You don't need your vote. He just like what God is doing here. So he's buying a table for $1,000. Your pastor also. So I'm already selling tables. So I buy one myself. This morning, there's one lawyer, uh, your grandbaby, Erica, 
I think she lives in Maryland or somewhere. After church, she came to me. She said, Pastor, I like what I'm hearing. I don't live here, but put me down for one thing. So uh, the Smiths, Deacon Smith and Mary Smith, they say, put me down for one thing. My, my wife just told me, her and our own children, I guess they, they break up away from me. They said, they're gonna, they said, put us down for one table. So, you see how this thing works? Amen. So, why am I telling you, number one, I want you to pray about these things because without God, we cannot do anything. Number two, I need you to help us market this vision. You have friends in the community, you have uh, employers, you have businesses that you do business with. Uh, let's see, let's help us sell the tables. Gold, 1,000, silver, 750, bronze, 500, individual tickets, uh, $75. And guess what we're going to do? On that day, we're going to have a great speaker. We're going to have quality, catered food, and we're going to have entertainment. So it's not some fly by night. You know, if my name is attached to it, the God will come with a spirit of excellence. So I already got a speaker committed. U.S. Senator uh, Bill Cassidy is committed to come. He's a personal friend. He's going to be here. Uh, to speak to us. Uh, we're going to have dignitaries. In fact, I didn't mention this 8 a.m., but we're approaching the President of the United States to do a video or write a letter of commendation. So we want to raise the bar for this community. We want to do things with a spirit of excellence. And keep in mind, if we raise nothing the bank is ready to go. So we are in good shape either way you turn to. We give God the glory, we give God the honor, and we give him the praise. All minds clear? Any question? Well, I make a motion to adjourn the meeting. <laughs> let's all get up, let's, let's walk around it. And say hello to one another. Just thank God for another day. After that, be sure is all you What a fellowship. What a fellowship. What a joy divine I'm leading on the everlasting gone. What a blessedness. What a
Now it's time for us. Where's my vision? Oh, praise the Lord. Choir. We're going to sing. We're going to sing.
are so grateful to God to have Bishop McKinney with us this morning. He's a family friend along with his wife. Will you please help me receive them? They're from Villeplat, Louisiana. Come on now, Bishop. Amen. And after they share with us, Pastor will be here to minister to you. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Let's give God praise. Come on, we serve a good God on this morning. Come on, we serve a gracious God on this morning. How many of you can testify he's a merciful God on this morning? How many of you have that testimony? He loved me when nobody else loved me. He kept me when nobody else could keep me. God kept my mind when I thought I was going to lose my mind. He opened doors that had been closed in my face, and he was there when nobody else was there. And just because of that, that's enough to give God praise. The songwriter said if he never does anything else, he's already done enough. That's my testimony on this morning. God, if you never do another thing, you've been good. And I love him on this morning. Amen. 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 Truly, I give God praise and honor on this morning. You can take your seat. Y'all going to make me nervous in here. Amen. Amen. I appreciate God. I thank God for being here on this morning. And I have to be like the old saints taught me. You find me saved, sanctified, and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and a mind to run on to see what the end is going to be. Amen. Amen. Bishop and I thank you all for receiving us so well. You know, as leaders, sometimes it's good to just get away. Amen. We pour and we pour and we pour and we impart. And sometimes we've got to sneak away and get imparted back in. Amen. So we thank God for you on today. We thank you for being so gracious and so loving to, to the, where Dr. Dargo? Now he know he not going to sing in the choir. God bless the angels of this house. We just appreciate you and thank you for loving and accepting us on this morning. Amen. Come on, can the church say amen? amen. Can the church say amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. She knows that she I'm kind of I'm shy, y'all. I'm, I'm I'm really shy. I am and and it's just an honor and a pleasure to be here today. Um, and like my wife said, it's just sometimes leaders need to get away. We spend a lot of time and preaching and pouring out and pouring out. Then that we have to take time to be poured into. And so we are really glad and we're really honored that you would receive us on this morning. Can y'all do me a favor? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad to see you. Look at him say, I'm so glad to see you. Now ask this question, ask them, you know why I'm glad to see you? Come on, talk to them, talk to them. You know why I'm glad to see you? Because the devil missed. Look at somebody and say, he missed. He, he, he missed. He, he missed. 
How many of y'all had a, how many of y'all can say, I had a hard week this week? It was one of them weeks where you, you thought you was going to lose your mind. You, you didn't know if you was coming or going. And, and he couldn't get to you, but he can get to your children. And, and, he, and you was on your knees praying and you caught. I'm so glad he, he missed. He, just, he swung and he, he missed. And he fired at me, but he missed. And, but I'm, I'm going to go sit down. I'm, I'm just so excited. I want to hear Dr. Dara preach today. Because last time we came, he encouraged my spirit. I was so encouraged. So I'm going to sit down. But I'm just so just honored to be here today. Y'all make preaching easy up in here, boy. Amen. And. And, and we just want to say we love y'all. We love you. Can I say this to you? You have some wonderful leaders. You have wonderful leaders. And I don't know if you read in the paper, but there was a pastor who tried to take his own life. And his wife. Right down the street. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your first lady. Pray for your leaders. Because you don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what, what kind of circumstances they're fighting, what kind of issues they have. Pray for your leaders. We have more leaders throwing in the towel today than trying to push through and trying to make it. So pray for your leaders. Amen. 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 Come on, clap your hands for the Lord. stand with me as we read the word of God. The book of St. John chapter 5 verse number 8. If you finally say amen. St. John chapter 5 verse 8. Thank you Bishop. You're such an encourager. We are grateful to you and your lovely wife. John chapter 5 verse 8 says, Jesus said unto him, Rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the word of God. Grass withered, flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Lord, I pray that you will help our hearing, help our understanding, glorify yourself in this house. The house is full of needs. Lord, I pray that you will meet every need. Lord, I pray that you will speak to our spirit man, and the miracles, signs and wonder will take place in this house. Help your servant to proclaim the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject tied to the healing of your soul. 
the healing of your soul. Let me encourage you when you get a chance, read the whole chapter of St. John chapter 5. It's good to do that because then you can check behind the preacher to see if what he was saying was true. In that passage, you will see an account about Jesus Christ making a trip to Jerusalem. Basically, he was going to attend a feast. Just like we have family reunion, we have different occasion, school reunion. Uh, sometimes we'll make a trip to attend an important event. So he was going to Jerusalem to attend this feast. The Bible says right there in that neighborhood, there is a, a neighborhood called Bethsida. And the word Bethsida means house of mercy, house of grace. I can stop there and preach to you because I'm standing before you this morning because of the grace of God. I wish I can tell you otherwise. But I'm standing here today by the mercy of Almighty God. That place, Bethsaida, is called House of Mercy, House of Grace. Then the Bible says, in that place there is a pool with five porches. In that pool, certain people hang out there that were sick, that were impotent. You know how it is. There are different locations in town where people hang out. Say, for example, some of you probably going to the casino after church. Because that's where you hang out. Don't look at your neighbor now. Some of you probably go to Mona. Because that's where you hang out. Somebody called me one day. I saw some of your member at Mona. I say, I'm not surprised. That's where they hang out. At this particular place in Israel... There was a pool where people who were sick, people who are dealing with infirmity, people that have no hope, that's where they gather, that's where they hang out. People that are broken, people that are afflicted. And I've learned in life that people will love you until something goes wrong in your life. So these are people that have been neglected by the society. So they find themselves hanging by the pool. People will love you until you become difficult to deal with. Am I telling the truth? People will love you until you become an inconvenient for them. I used to work for the state of Louisiana, and I've seen people come 
to Central Louisiana State Hospital, drop off their loved one and never come back. Are you all still here? People will love you until you start to smell or to stink. Then they don't want anything to do with you. You'll be surprised how many of you will go through the highways and the streets and you see the homeless people you grew up with, but you just, boo, you drag them back. So these people by the pool, they have been ignored by the society. They're sitting there, the Bible said they are waiting for the moving of the pool, of the water. Because once a year, an angel will come and stir up and trouble the water. And then whoever gets in the water first, am I still in the book? Whoever gets in first, get healed. So they are isolated there. All of them impotent bunch. And then they're waiting for the angel to come by once a year. The Bible said even though Jesus was there in town to take care of some other business, Jesus made a detour to go visit the pool. There's a lesson there. Jesus is never too busy to come see about you. He could have said, well, I came, I came for a party. I came for some events. I'm busy. Good luck to you all. But he took the time. He took a detour to go visit a man who has been there for 38 years. There's a lesson there because it don't matter what you're dealing with right now. It don't matter how long you're dealing with it. God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what you're dealing with. God knows exactly what you're going through. And he's here today to see about you. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. One thing I learned in life is that grace always hang around disgrace. Did you hear what I said? Whenever there is disgrace, grace is always around. The Bible said, Jesus, the grace of God, showed up. And I'm so glad about it. Because in case you don't know, you yourself, you are saved by the grace of God. The only reason why you wake up this morning by the grace of God. You are healed in your body by the grace of God. You are living right now as we speak by the grace of God. The reason why you are still breathing, ladies and gentlemen, somebody shout grace. It's not something you earn. 
It's not something you deserve. It's not something you are entitled to. But God has a way of looking beyond our fault. Do I have a witness in the house? He will see your need. I am a living proof of the grace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a need this morning, I want you to know there's a grace for it. Did you hear what I said? If you are in crisis this morning, before you take the communion, I want you to get in your understanding there's a grace for your crisis. If you are here under the sound of my voice and you have a diagnosis, are you listening to me? There's a grace for your diagnosis. Jesus came to help that man even though he's been there all this year and there's nobody to help him. Guess what Jesus told him? Hey, boo. Do you want to be made whole? I can preach there because many of us, the only reason why we are still defeated is because we don't want to live in victory. You talk about victory, you shout about victory, you sing about it, but really you don't want it. Because you, you are used to living in bondage. That is why Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? God will not force on you what you don't want for your own sake. And notice one thing, the question that was asked of him Jesus did not say, do you want to be healed? He said, do you want to be made whole? There's a difference between being healed and being made whole. Typically, in most churches, when we talk about healing, because that's what I'm talking about today, we think of physical healing. Somebody's having a headache, they said, lay hand on that head. And said, be healed. Somebody's eyes are blurry, can't see good. So we say, let's pray for the eye. Anoint the eye with oil. And we say, be healed. Somebody's having backache. Or somebody's leg is crooked. So we have been programmed, religion has programmed us to think when it comes to this thing called healing, we only look on the physical, the outside. But Jesus is saying here, he wants you to be made whole. Jesus died not just for you to go to heaven, but while you are here on earth, he wants you to be made whole. You'll be amazed how many Christians think 
that God is only interested in saving them. So you go to some churches, that's all they talk about. Salvation, salvation, be saved, be saved. I want you to go to heaven so you don't burn in hell. But while they are here on earth, they are living a miserable life. God said, I want you to be made whole. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. I can relate to that because I share with my church this morning that I lived a broken Christian life for many years. I know what it is to be wounded in my spirit. I know what it is to be broken. The outside look good, but the inside is messed up. It's bad enough if somebody is a pitiful sinner, but I think it's worse if you become a pitiful saint. Why do God wants you and me to be whole? Not just your outside. Not just your head. Not just your heart. Not just your cancer. But he wants you to be made whole. Why? Because you are a walking billboard for the Lord Jesus Christ. You are an advertisement. God wants to show up and show out who he is to the world through you. But if you profess to be a Christian and you're walking around depressed, and you have low service. Where do you lay hand when somebody have a low service team? On the outside, you can't see it. So God wants you and me to be made whole. So you need to decide today, my brothers, my sister, that you're going to live a life full of joy. Not full of pain. Not full of regrets. Not full of secrets. God's will is for you to be happy. To be made whole. To be strong. To be confident. He said, let your light so shine among men. That the world will see your good work. That somebody will say, oh, I'd love to be like that brother when I grow up. Oh, I pray I'll be like that sister when I grow up. They don't want to be walking around looking at Christians, looking pitiful. Always sounding defeated in their life. God wants to heal not just your body, but your soul. Are you still here? The Bible talks about three parts of you. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. So we focus too much on just the body. Today, I want to deal with the healing of your soul. The part of you that we cannot see on the outside. Are you still here? Your soul, when I talk about your soul, I'm talking about your feelings. 
I'm, you'd be amazed how many of you go home, your family don't know what type of you they're going to see today. God wants to heal your soul. When we talk about soul, we're talking about not just your feeling, your emotions, your intellect, your mind, your soul. We're talking about the inner you that we don't see. We see the outside. You dress good. You smell good. Cologne flying all over the building. But what about that part of you on the inside? Your soul is, in essence, your personality. Ladies and gentlemen, your soul can hide from people on the outside. Many of you, you've learned to hide your soul from people. In fact, many of you have learned to hide your soul from your own sake. So that means it's possible for you to look on the outside like you got it all together. But whereas on the inside, it's a big mess. You can even dress it up. You can take it to the church and put on your makeup and put on your church face. But deep within, you are living a defeated life. You'll be surprised how many people have been wounded in the church, outside the church. You'll be surprised how many people are here this morning. The reason why you're not shouting is because you know I'm talking real stuff. You can wear a three-piece suit like me and have a wounded soul. You'll be surprised how many people, they are saved, they're on their way to heaven, but there's pain, hurt, disappointment, wounds, setback in their life. You'd be surprised how many people are here in the church serving God, but you're in a failed relationship. You tried this man, it didn't work out. Then you tried that man, still didn't work out. Your luck is not good in Las Vegas. You find yourself just trying, trying. And some people have gotten to the point they stop trying. He just said, this is not for me. Good looking. Attractive. Deep down on the inside, they know how to be a great wife to somebody. But life has thrown so many curveballs. And you say, forget it. You'll be amazed how many Christians in the house of God, in serious 
financial trouble. We need to be healed. So many have been wounded by defaults. So many have been wounded by bankruptcy. So many have been wounded by layoff. You went to school, prepared yourself for life, and now you can find a job. Maybe you're here this morning. You're dealing with wounds from unfaithful spouse. Are you all listening to me? Some of you are dealing with untimely death in the family. You raise up your children and death come and snatch them from you. Some are dealing with untimely death of spouse. We need to be healed. We cannot shout over it. We cannot sweep this thing under the rug. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be amazed how many people are here. The only time they see their children is like once a month. They have long for the children, but the system, no, mama has the children. The first week of the month, you have to wait until the third week before you can see your own children. And you'll be surprised. People who have been betrayed by close friends, betrayed even by church people. I heard Bishop was talking about pastors quitting, committing suicide, wounded in the spirit and shouting away. The preacher Bishop was referring to was conducting revival all week. You will be surprised. Somebody you are sitting next to. On the outside, they look great. But on the inside, there's chaos. Ladies and gentlemen, and one thing about being wounded in the soul is that you cannot truly worship God when your spirit, your soul you'll be amazed how many people born again. Some of them even speak in tongue. But they are addicted Addicted to pornography, addicted to cocaine, addicted to alcohol. We need to be healed. That's why I'm talking this morning about the healing, not of your leg, not of your headache, not of your eyes so you can see better, but your soul needs to be healed. Wounded people cannot truly worship God. They want to, 
the condition of your soul, the health of your soul is just as important as the healing of your physical body. One thing that I've noticed in my own experience is that when your soul is wounded, it affects everybody around you. If you're a mother and your soul is wounded, it affects everyone in the house. If you are CEO and your soul is wounded, it affects everybody in the company. Are you listening to me? God deliver me if you have a pastor with a wounded soul. The whole church will be affected. So you need to be healed in your soul. Open your mouth, shout amen today. Amen. I know many of us, we like to pretend as if we are all right. But the reason why you all are quiet is because everybody from this pulpit all the way. All over the building. We all need help. And you know, we, 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 we come as if, oh, I'm all right. How you doing, sister? Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> That's it. Blessing, highly favored. You're a lying spirit. We like to act like we're prophet. We like to act like we're clean. We're, we like to act like we're just always at the foot of Jesus. But the truth be told, the only reason why you are still here, somebody shout grace. His grace woke me up this morning. Do I have a witness in the house? You are saved by grace. You are healed by grace. The only reason why you are still clothed in your right mind, the grace of God. I never will forget on my job. <laughs> One brother came to me and said, Dr. Darren, I believe you're a man of God. I said, well, God is the glory. He said, if any of these people mess with me one more time, he said, somebody's going down in this house. He said, I've had enough. And by the time I get through with it, he cried, I cried. We were just like little kids. Little did he know that me, who he came to, I'm just as messed up as he is. And when we open up to one another so that God could heal our soul. Are you still here? Some people praise God because of their stuffs. That's one thing that's wrong with America. You all like stuff. Come on, 
get a big house. And then somebody else come and get a bigger one. You build a big car. And somebody else come with a build another bigger one. Get a big cat, a big bulldog. <laughs> just, <laughs> just. But at the end of the day, Brother Solomon said, Vanity upon vanity. He said, All of it is a waste of time. God wants to heal your soul. Amen, somebody. Brother Pastor, okay, I got it. How do I get my soul healed? Number one, you need to know that you're not the only one on this boat. All these folks with nice dress and nice look, don't let them fool you. Number two, when Jesus showed up at that pool and asked that man, you know, like you and me, was coming up with all kinds of explanation, a million reasons. And I've, I've been trying to jump in for 38 years. Every time I try, somebody get in my, uh, my, my nerve, I cuss them out, they cuss me out too. So, <laughs> I mean, I've been there, you see. People see the Christian, but between hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, if you get on my nerve, I'll cuss you out. <laughs> so so don't, don't be fooled by all the you know, show up in white dress. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good luck to you on that. Number two, you have to do what Jesus told this man. He said, get up. Pick up your mat. Whatever is getting you depressed. Whatever is causing you to have low self-esteem. Whatever is getting on your freaking nerves. Get up. Pick up your mat. Begin to walk. If you ever get to the point that you can decide to get up, no devil can hold you down. Are you listening to me? In order for your soul to be healed, you got to be willing to hear the voice of Jesus. This man has been there 38 years. And he has plenty of excuse. Just like you and me, sometimes we blame the white folks. Sometimes the white folks blame the black folks. Then, then when we all find nobody to blame, we blame the Mexicans. <laughs> We're just looking for somebody. <laughs> but I hear the Lord say, what we need to do, stop the blame game. The white folks are not responsible for your problem. <laughs> the black folks are not responsible for your problem. Get up! Pick up your mat. And leave. 
is a message of personal responsibility. The day I got this revelation, my life has never been the same. Some of my family here, you would never see me blame anybody for my problem. God delivered me. I was walking around, laying hands on people. Whereas I was hoping somebody would lay hand on me. Struggling within. Until I heard the voice of Jesus. Do you want to be made whole? You can choose to be pitiful or be powerful. But God said you cannot have both. The problem with many Christians, you want to be powerful, but you want to be pitiful. But if you're really going to let your light so shine, you got to opt out in the world of being pitiful. My children cannot come home and tell me it's the teacher's fault. God is my witness. Some of them are in the house. I have to remind them, the teacher you are trying to blame, he got his own certificate. He got his own degree. Guess what? You ain't got none. You are living off of my salary. So I don't want you to do that for the rest of your life. I want to get, get out of my house as quickly as you can. So shut up! <laughs> get up! Pick up your mat and do something with your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. But God is saying to you, he wants to heal your wounds. God has a way of erasing every wound. You know what the Bible says? It says, I will give you beauty for your ashes. But you cannot have beauty when you're holding on to the ashes. You've got to let go of those ashes. Look at Joseph. They didn't do him right. He ended up in the pit. But at some point he said to Seth, Seth, we're getting out of here. He refused to stay in the pit. He decided to come out of the pit. And notice the result. Because he came out of the pit, he became second in command for the whole nation. Whatever it is that the devil is trying to use to hold you down, say in your spirit, say to yourself, you owe it to yourself. Nobody wants daddy or mama to come home and we don't know what version of mama we're going to get today. Because you're always in different mood. Because you're messed up on the inside and it's affecting everybody. So the Lord said to that man, get up! Make your mind and get out of here. I'm speaking to every man, every woman 
I'm speaking to my own brothers and sisters, the black race. Some of you are listening in Africa. Some of you are watching this overseas. Some of you are hearing this on radio. Some of you are watching this on television. How long are we going to blame somebody else for our problem? It's time to get up. It's time to pick your mat. It's time to go forward. And when you get up, God will get up with you. When you get up, all of the angels of heaven will get up with you. When you get up, all of heaven will rejoice. One other thing that you need to do is to accept the love of God. I never could get up until I finally realized that God loves me unconditionally. When I'm good, he loves me. When I'm bad, he still loves me. You see, religion is a monster. Religion has been telling you and me, God loves you when you're a good boy. That's not the scripture. God is not practicing love. God is love. Whether you're good, whether you're bad, he's still a good God. He still loves you. He still cares about you. But you have to be willing to accept that. Many people have been through so much, they can't even see themselves beautiful. Many people have been through so much in life, they can't even see that God could love them. But if you will freely accept the love of God today, and you will do like that man by the pool, eventually he shut his mouth, and he got up. He could have done that 38 years ago. Pick up his mat. Whatever has been carrying you, it's time for you to carry it. Are you listening to me? I'm going to ask all of you to stand. And I want to pray with you. This morning, God is my witness. This altar was packed out. I cannot take you to where I've never been. One of the reasons why God blesses my ministry is because I am unfiltered. I'm very real. What you see is what you got. You can be looking great on the outside, but on the inside, you're struggling. But there is a God who says, cast all of your cares upon me. He cared for you. I found out for my own sake. And when you get delivered, then it don't matter what anybody say about you. He say, she say, they say what they think. He won't touch you. Because you see yourself. Church people are dangerous people. They would define you if you don't know who you are in Christ. But today, 
God wants to heal our soul. Every wound, every disappointment, everything we've been through. He said, cast all your cares, not some of your cares. So if you're that man, if you're that woman, you say, Pastor, you're telling the truth. I want God to heal my soul. Find your way to the altar. Somebody else is coming. To make you better. Are you listening to me? Sometimes God will even permit you to go through things. And it's not even about you. He's trying to help somebody else. Through you. One of these. My sister Precious. One of the things that I have to deal with. Over there at the university where I work, I'm one of the five people that make decisions for the whole university. But they notice that every time somebody, they, they always catch somebody. Somebody uh, is trying to use drugs, or somebody is trying to have sex on campus, or somebody is trying to do so. And we got all these rules, policies, and procedures. Oh, we got him now, bam, suspended, expelled, or whatever. But they notice that every time somebody comes before us, I always plead for mercy. So at some point they got tired of me. They say, wait a minute. 
We got policy. You a lawyer, you can read. Why that you always get in the way? And I broke down in tears. They've never seen a black one cry. And everybody was shocked. What's going on here? You the professor. We are here to judge them. No, why are you crying? I say, you don't know me. You see the glory, but you don't know my story. You say, I'm a product of the grace of God. The mercy I'm crying out for somebody else, I've been through it. The only reason I can sit down with you in this board is because God had mercy on me. God is a God of another chance. One of the things all of us need to learn to do is to forgive your own self. Because the devil will keep tormenting you. Free your spirit man. Recognize that God loves you. No matter what. And things that you've been through, whether it's neglect, whether it's abuse, whether it's mistreatment, whether it's racism, whether it's discrimination, the Bible says we know something. What do we know? All things work together for good. To them that love the Lord, to every one of you, your call for his purpose. You see this young man here? They think he's my son. I never met him in my life. I don't know the man, but I know what it is to be broke. I know what it is to be broke. I know what it is to be in class and have no clue what the teacher is saying. God allow you to go through things so you can be a blessing to somebody else. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And whatever you're going through, you can get up, make up your bed, and continue to move. And when you move, when you get up, all of heaven will get up with you. I was stunned when I got up. All of a sudden, I don't have to blame anybody. No, it's not your fault. Whatever you've been through is not your fault. It's not even about you. It's between the devil and God. They're fighting. You just get caught in the middle. But God wants to heal. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for a spirit of deliverance in the house. Thank you that you died on the cross. Not just for us to make heaven, but for us to be made whole. Lord, I pray that you will touch our spirit man. I pray right now that you will heal every wounded soul. 
People have been called names. People have been put down. People have been neglected, abused, rejected. Call everything but a child of God. But Lord, I thank you for deliverance right now. I thank you for the healing that is taking place right now. I thank you, oh God, that you will wash away of every sin, every mistake, every misstep. Lord, we submit it at the foot of the cross. Thank you right now. Thank you for touching our body. Thank you for healing our soul. Thank you for ministering to our spirit man. And everything the devil meant for evil. Lord, I thank you that you're turning things around. You did it for me. You can do it for everyone. Ain't no shame in my game. I thank you. I pray that you will give everybody the spirit of encouragement. Encourage yourself in the Lord. That dream, pick it up again. That vision, pick it up again. God is on your side. God is for you. And if God be for you, no devil can be against you. No one can curse what God is blessing. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. I cover your family with the blood of Jesus. I cover the seed of your womb. The things that are impossible with man is possible with God. Never, never give up. Get up. Pick up your bed. Move forward. I pray that God will grant you the desires of your heart. That's what he said. Whenever you pray, believe you will receive them. It is so. I said it is so. In Jesus name. Open your mouth. Shout amen right now. If you believe it, shout amen. If you receive it, shout amen. Lord, I thank you for my miracle. Lord, I thank you for my healing. Lord, I thank you for my deliverance. Lord, I thank you all is well in Jesus name Amen let's prepare our heart to receive the Holy Communion thank you so much for your willingness to study the word of God with me the blood will never lose its power the deacons are coming the ministers Amen Hallelujah. Thank you, choir. You will never lose its power.
and serve. Amen. We thank God that he's allowed us to come together this day to eat it of his body and drink of his blood. We thank God for the word that was preached. Amen. That's life in the word. And, and as we apply it to our life, God will continue to do what he wants to do in our lives. Amen. Glory to God. I want to read this. He says, by observing the Lord's Supper, we announce to those that are outside the church that Christ is the only way of salvation. Amen. Father God, we thank you right now. The Bible says that, amen, the night that day Jesus was betrayed, amen, he told the disciples, praise God, he says, amen, this is my body which was shared for you and for many for the remission of sin. He took the bread and he broke it, gave it to the disciples, he said, eat it. This is my body that was shared for you. Father God, we thank you for the bread, Lord God. We thank you for the body, Lord. We receive it by faith, Lord, because we realize, Lord, there's healing in your body. There's deliverance in the body, Lord God. There's salvation in the body. Lord, you were wounded for our transgression. You were bruised for our iniquity. The chastised our peace is upon you. And by your stripes, we are already healed. And again, he took the cup and he blessed it and gave it this out. This is my blood that was shed for you and for many for the remission of sin. Drink it to the glory of God. Father God, we thank you for the blood. Father God, we, we, we believe by faith, Lord, that this is your blood. And Father God, we ask you to bless it. Sanctified, Lord God. For Lord God, we realize there's healing present in the blood. There's deliverance, Lord God. And Father God, we thank you for your shared blood on Calvary that we might have a right to the tree of life. Father God, we thank you for the blood. You may eat and drink it to the glory of God. In Jesus' name. They drink at this time. Glory to God. Amen. Just concludes the service. Amen. And we thank God for everyone that came out. And we pray that you, amen, got what you came for. Praise God. Amen. A word, amen, a fresh word from heaven. Amen. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the man and woman of God. We thank you for using it mighty, Lord, that you would continue to use him to the glory of God. Father God, we thank you for, Lord, everyone at the sound of my voice. Father God, that they don't leave the way they came, Father God. That your healing power would rest upon them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Father God, that they would be strengthened, Lord God, and used for the glory of God. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. Let your Holy Spirit lead us, guide us, and protect us, Father God, as we go back to our various home, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.